intuition, connection, intuition, and near-death experiences, you guys. On today's episode, we have the Anna Grace Newell. But before we jump into our conversation, hi. If you're new here, my name is Amanda Fowler. So happy you found me. I'm a mindset and wellness coach, a mom of two, and I live in Denver, Colorado. I'm really just on this mission to help you connect deeper with yourself and others so that you can start embodying your soul's truth. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I am so excited for this conversation today. Anna Grace is somebody that I have followed for years. And originally I followed her because I was really just in awe of her ability to express herself through fashion. And I loved the outfits she would put together, but really she just looked like a girl. And I say it at the beginning of this episode, she looked like a woman who knows how to express herself. And that's really the only way I can describe it. If you guys go check her out on Instagram or you probably already know who she is you know what I mean. She is just so stylish and has such a vibrancy to her. So I was so excited when I was able to talk with her on the podcast. And if you are unfamiliar with her, she is a former Nashville fashion stylist. She is an influencer. And now she's a highly intuitive being who reads the Akashic records for anyone looking to connect with their highest self and soul's purpose. She also has a podcast called AG University, and it is a really beautifully digestible podcast. I feel like when you get in the realm of spirituality, sometimes it can be kind of complex, but she really makes it so simple and so easy to listen to and easy to embody. So in this episode, we talk about her near-death experience and how that actually propelled her into spirituality. We talk about how fashion is really a form of expression and expressing your intuition and how a lot of people in the fashion industry, she believes, are intuitive. It's funny. We actually get into celebrities and influencers, and she gives us a little behind-the-scenes insight into their team. Hint, hint, they all have a spiritual team. It's really cool to hear. We also talk about identity shifts and how when you go on a journey of self-discovery, you might have an identity shift that takes place. We talk about success and what that looks like on the inside versus the outside. And we also talk about free will and life purpose. At the end of this episode, she shares how you can actually connect deeper with yourself and your intuition so that you can live a more purposeful and joyful life. She shares some tools that are really, really great. I think you're going to love this episode. She is just such a light. I could listen to her talk for hours. After listening to this episode, I want you guys to go to my Instagram and leave a comment on my latest post telling me what you liked about this conversation because I know I took so many things away from this and I would love to have a conversation with you guys about some of the things we talked about. So definitely go do that and I'm just going to stop talking so we can get right into this conversation. JK, I lied. This is your shameless reminder to go leave me a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you like this episode. It really helps other people find this show and it would make my day. So, okay, love you. Now we can get into the conversation. I have followed you on Instagram for a while, like a really long time. And (laughs) what I like about you and always have is your ability to express yourself. I haven't seen it in anybody. And I love that you do it through fashion, but I feel like now, even as you're shifting into more of the spiritual realm and had this spiritual awakening, I look at you and I'm like, that's a woman who can express herself. Have you always been like this? Wow. Oh, I got like goosebumps when you said that it was like a happy (laughs) 
You know, I have actually, I'm going to be honest. I feel that I've been very, you know, I'm trying to think of the word. Even when I was little, I feel like I always expressed myself through a, a modality. You know, I think the modality has changed as I've gotten older, but I feel like I came into the world. I always joke. My parents are like, you were just like, even as a little kid, you were just, you wanted to pick out your own outfits. You know, you were very just wanting to express yourself. But I think that a lot of times, even with fashion, like I love to get dressed up and do all these things and be bold. And sometimes I would just like to wear a crazy outfit just to like make people feel comfortable being themselves. I think like, I almost didn't even, I just didn't care, you know, what I even looked like. Like I would be like, Oh, I'll wear a funny goofy outfit for our senior prank so that people, you know, just think it's fun or funny, or they feel comfortable with what they're wearing or I don't know. I think I've always just had a really playful tone with expressing myself because I've kind of been detached. I really think that's what it is from what other people think of me, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> which in, in some ways has gotten me into trouble. But <laughs> Well, and I ask because I can tell it, it's it from what it seems like from someone look, looking on, you know, the outside of it is you very much are expressing your internal world outward. And mm. I feel like I mean, fashion is that for a lot of people, but I want to know, did it sort of kind of be this thing that allowed you to express how you were feeling in any given moment through clothes and styling? Because whenever people used to ask me like, what's your style? I couldn't really answer that question because I was like, it just really depends on how I feel. So Mm -hmm. for you, I mean, now and we'll get more into like the spiritual things, but now that you're, you're very much embracing your spirituality, do you think that like fashion was maybe like a spiritual practice for you in a sense, like a ritual? Yes. 100%. I tell people that all the time. I actually talked a lot about, have you ever heard of the term energetic styling? No. So I was doing that sort of without knowing I was doing it or labeling it. Like I always, so back, just quick backstory on me. I was a wardrobe stylist in Nashville, but before that I did social media wardrobe styling for urban outfitters and free people on their social media page when they were doing like the Southeast district It was back when they did districts. They don't do that anymore. And then, but when I went to, when I was in college, I was a journalism major, so I didn't go to school for fashion, but I worked in a boutique and I always loved it. But when I was a kid, I mean, I always loved fashion. Like I made clothes for my beanie babies and wanted to match my American girl dolls. Like it's been a theme throughout life, but when I was working in the boutique in college and I was not spiritual at all at these points in my life, I always just really wanted people to feel confident and I loved to put things together. I feel like that was kind of one of my gifts. Like I could see something and like start assembling things in my head. Like I could be asleep and like be putting together outfits before I got out of bed for like what I was feeling that day. So I think a lot of people don't realize that fashion is so connected to our feelings and emotions. Like if you feel really happy or a certain way you want to like put on this outfit, or if you want to feel motivated to go to the gym, you want to like put on a gym outfit. Or if you're feeling like you don't want to be seen, you're in baggy sweatpants, you know, clothes and a hat, right? Like it really does reflect our feelings, whether or not people have that kind of intentionality behind it. The more I got spiritual, the more I kind of realized this energetic styling piece, which is what I was doing when I was in Nashville because I was wardrobe styling on reality TV sets and for country artists and big names. That's really how I built up my platform. And I understood that this energetic styling, and honestly, I might've made up the term. I don't even really know if it exists, but I've heard other people talk about it on TikTok, but I kind of made up my own unique way of going about it. So I always tell people, you know, we all have clothes in our closet that 
like I had this outfit that I had this one night in San Francisco where I got robbed in this dress. It was my favorite little black dress. Like I loved this dress. It was my go-to. If like, I didn't know what to wear, uh, little black dress that I love. <laughs> and I got robbed and stole my phone. It was this whole thing. Yeah. In San Francisco, it's a whole long story. It's like, it's a sidebar. Um, and I was wearing that little, little black dress. And when I came back, I couldn't look at the dress again. Every time I looked at the dress, I was, I was traumatized all over again. And, and we all have that, you know, you all have like a sweater that you wore to like a funeral or, or not to make it so negative, but you know, something, maybe your wedding dress that you wear on your wedding day. Like it's just like, ah, you know, something that you see forever. Like there are, we have really um, emotional reaction to clothes. And that's why I was like, no clothes carry energy. It's actually why I believe some really big fashion and wardrobe stylists, designers, it is a very spiritual process and it's very, um, energetically charged because I mean, you have emotional reactions to when you see clothing, whether or not you're like, we you know you're reading energy or not. Same with, um, you know, when you put on clothes and you're like, wow, I feel amazing in this, or you put something on and you're like, eh, not for me. Like, you know, there is a reaction. And so I, I started realizing that you could actually manifest with clothes. Like I literally started dressing the part of someone who was a very well-established stylist, you know, like what would that person look like? And realizing that clothing can give us the confidence to be whoever we want to be you know, like we can create our own identity by whatever we put on in the morning. And I, I really have gotten intentional. Like sometimes I'll get in a slump where I don't leave the house because I work from home and I'll be in sweats. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to dress up for my podcast today because that energy, you know, people can feel it in the podcast. They can feel it. You know, if I'm on a zoom call, you know, I, I always really like play with this energy of dressing the part of whoever I want to be. That person can change. I could be a gym girly one day. I could be like going to the beach and like being meditative, but dressing the part really is it puts you in alignment with that frequency of maybe whatever you're manifesting or just whatever identity you want to be for the day. So yes, I think fashion is a spiritual practice. And I think I was doing that without even knowing before I was as spiritual as I am now. So that was I mean, it, <laughs> I love it though. That's why you're so good for podcasts. But I, I think that it really speaks to, I mean, I say it all the time with my clients, like decide who you want to become start showing up as them. And it's really as simple as that. And I feel like clothes are a really great little tip to, to tell people like, yes, you want to feel confident, put on that outfit that makes you feel confident. And it's just, it's such a good tool. Looking back at your ability to style people, do you think that that was kind of maybe the first signs of you being able to tap into the energy of others and be like, wow, this would look good on them, or I can feel their energy. And this is what I I'm going to put together in terms of clothing for them. Do you feel like maybe that was like your intuition and kind of your gifts now without you even realizing? 100%. Yes. I feel, and you know, it's funny because that was honestly how the shift happened for me. I, I, I do feel I was always very intuitive but I was never, I never had the vocabulary of being an intuitive or clairvoyant or doing energy readings like I do now. Like I didn't even know that stuff existed. Like I had no idea. And I, I had, hadn't had, you know, like a life-changing spiritual event, but I think that clothing was always my outlet and working. I always loved working with clients because I wanted them to feel good. I think at the, at the core, I wanted them to feel confident. And now, as we know, you know, if you're doing anything in your life. Confidence is so instrumental in calling in manifestations or 
love, partnership, career, all these things. It's all about the energy and it's all about confidence. And, I, and, and clothing was my way of connecting, but I did. I, I felt like I always knew what someone needed and I always knew, you know, what their vision was. It was like, I could see it. And I do feel that was my way of reading energy. And I always tell people too, like, you don't have to have these life altering events for people that work in fashion. That is an energetic gift. That is them reading the energy. Clothing carries energy. Food carries energy. I've talked about this before. Like people that are chefs, whatever their craft is, there is a bit of energy reading, whether or not people are super spiritual or, you know, into energy work and all the things. But I do think that fashion was my gift. And I still think it is my gift. I think that I just went through five years of having to come up with a creative concept every single day and having clients and it's hard work styling and, and doing shoots they're long and they're, it, it's, it's labor, it's laborious work, but I loved it. And I think now I'm stepping into doing energy work on a different level, but at the, at the, at the root, I feel that I'm just empowering people with the ability to, to kind of see this energy and whether it's not what make whether it's what makes them look good and what makes them feel good, or if I'm doing a reading with them, empowering them with, you know, connecting with their soul's purpose, right? It, it was all kind of the same at the end of the day. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to ask you, because I feel like there's so many things I want to get into, but no, so anyway. there's for anybody listening who doesn't might, might not know or be aware of your kind of journey and your story. You go from being this wardrobe stylist in fashion, Mm -hmm. heavily influencing blogging, all the things. Mm -hmm. And then you have this kind of spiritual event that happened. And I I need you to touch on it because Mm -hmm. I I really, you're, what's your human design? Projector. Okay. Me too. So I'm like, so I have so much admiration for you in the fact that you really kept this whole kind of journey of yours after the spiritual event to yourself without mm. sharing it on social mm. media. Because one, we live in a world that constantly feels like they need to overshare. And then two, I feel like as a projector, it's hard to bite your fucking tongue and like not mm-hmm. want to be like, guys, I did this. I need to shout it from the rooftops yeah. or this happened to me yeah. and I want to share it. So yeah. that was long winded, but I, I want to ask you, what was that spiritual event? How the hell were you able to keep it so quiet? <laughs> yeah, I can tell you. So, well, okay. So I, I pretty much, I'll give the short version. If anyone wants like a very long 50 minute version of this experience, it is on my podcast episode one. So, but I will keep it short for, for time's sake. Essentially I was, I grew up in a religious background that when I, I guess I got into my twenties, it just didn't really resonate with me. Like I always wanted to have a relationship with God or faith or all these things people talk about. It sounds so beautiful and great. It just never resonated with me. And somehow in college, I remember taking a class where it was kind of about religion and where it all stemmed from. And I don't know, I got really upside down on it all. And I, I ended up really being an atheist. I just didn't believe in anything. I was so confused because there was just so much information and I just couldn't connect. I wanted to, but nothing felt, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It just didn't, didn't make sense to me. And so I ended up just sort of believing in nothing. And I do believe at that point I was really lost. I, I talk about how I had, you know, disordered eating behaviors and just really terrible inner dialogue. And I was taking, I was overprescribed Adderall and Vyvanse and stimulants and things. I was just so far out of alignment. I I really genuinely do feel like at this point, it was probably one of the lowest parts of my life. And 
I talk about how I had this near-death experience and it was in the fun, those pivotal years. It was that post 25, after we turn 25, things just start kind of happening differently in our brains in a really positive way. We get a little bit more firmer in who we are. And I feel like I needed a lot of redirection. I was just like lost in the dark and (laughs) I had this well, what was initially a terrifying experience where I was sucked out of my body and, and, and coming from someone who didn't believe in anything. Like I, not only was I not a believer, I was low key. I tell people like I was a hater. I, I was yeah. like spiritual people to me really turned me off. And so I have a lot of compassion for people that aren't spiritual. Cause I'm like, I get it. I've been there. Like, and not that people have to be spiritual to like, even hear my story or anything. I, I was kind of a nothing. And then I realized, holy shit. <laughs> First of all, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I shouldn't have been walking around saying this is all stupid and not real because, you know, I literally had this experience where I was sucked out of my physical body and I went, I basically saw myself hovering above my own body and I was able to observe myself. And I was like, I don't want to go back. Like, I don't want to go back and be her like, holy shit, she's out of alignment. And I was living this life that was not I just couldn't even believe, I guess I had gotten to that point. It was not a good mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually that nothing existed there for me. So I have this out-of-body experience. And it was the first time that I ever saw these basically like angels. I, I saw angels. I don't know how else to describe it. And they told me, cause I was pretty much like, okay, I was ready to, I wasn't like, please, I want to go back. I was like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to. I don't want to be her. It's hard. It's heavy. Like literally the energy was like heaviness. Like it's so like dense. I, I don't know how, I don't even really know if that makes sense to people. Maybe it will, but it was just like, I felt like this all encompassing feeling of love that I had never felt before, especially not in that my body before. And I didn't want to leave it. And I would imagine that's what people experience going to heaven. I didn't go that far. I wasn't taken to the gates of heaven. I wasn't like that. I was just sucked out of my body and had shown this perspective that, Hey, this is not what you're meant for. And this is actually what you're meant for. And so I, these angels that kind of greeted me, told me that I, I was coming back and I had three conditions on, on which I was to return. (laughs) And I, I don't know. I wasn't scared. I, and it all, you know, the thing is, is that going from someone who was such a non-believer hater in that moment, everything made sense. Everything up in my life up until that point made sense. I understood why I'd had that experience. I understood that I was to go back and to help people that were like me, that were so riddled with crippling disordered thoughts and everything that I had gotten myself into up and in up until that point I needed to experience so that I could help other people. Right. So it, it was very comforting and calming. And, um, I was to come back and to work in the Akashic records, which I had no idea what the, that even was. <laughs> and, um, that, that another part was that I was going to raise a child. So I needed to come back for this future child. And, and at the time I remember all of that, I'm also writing a book. So I think the book is kind of the part of it, but, um, as I, when I came back, I had no spiritual vocabulary. I, I didn't even really, I, and I also didn't have any body in my family that was super well-versed. Like my family now is very supportive and they really understand a lot more, but still it's a little difficult, but I had such a, I came back and I was a different person. <laughs> like I was a completely different person. Nothing was the same. 
after that moment going forward, like things that I was spending time doing, I no longer did. I completely got off all my medication. Also, I'm not telling anyone to go cold turkey on their medicine, but for me, I was taking too much, too many stimulants and just that I was just out of alignment. And so I just said, I'm going to reevaluate my life. And I really did it. 26 years old. I had to completely start my life over. I mean, I didn't have you know, any type of like eating patterns or any type of just being how to be a productive human in society without taking stimulants. I, I don't actually really think I ever actually needed. I think I just kind of got addicted to the high of doing things or the high of, oh, I don't have an appetite. You know, I don't for, I know there are some people who need medication, but I actually don't think that I was one of them. I think that was kind of what I was shown. And I also, the other thing I, I want to say is that the, the main takeaway that I saw when I was out of my body was I saw this kind of energetic grid that encompassed our whole planet. And it was like, I realized that we were all connected to this grid and that if we, it was kind of like, if we were, we were a tree, there, there was one tree and we were all leaves on the tree, right? We were all a part of the same tree. And so anytime I had wished ill on someone else, I was, it was initially wishing ill upon myself, right? If we're all connected that's why it's so important to show other people love and, and we are connected and, and humans are so much more intertwined than we even realize on this energetic level. And I, I saw it and I know it's real. And that's part of how I want to tell people, like, even if it's just being kinder to random strangers that you pass, like we are all connected, right? We're all leaves on the same tree. We all just want to feel love. We all just want to experience love. That's what we're here to do. And somehow you know, we've gotten really disconnected as a society. So that was, that was like the main thing that I saw that I always wanted to tell people. So anyways, and I was no longer afraid of dying. I had this really weird fear of death my whole life. And I don't really know why. And then it's funny because I did die kind of, and I left, but, and then I was like, I don't want to go back there. <laughs> Way better here. Okay. How, cause I mean, that's, a very profound experience and story. And so many people are going to really benefit from it and be inspired by it. And maybe that is the wake up call that people needed is to maybe even hear your story. How the hell were you able to keep it quiet and not like, <laughs> cause what you were still influencing at that point? Like, how did mm -hmm. you still show up in a very external way while there was so much going on internally? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, everything was very confusing for me, honestly. It was difficult to probably took me like a year to integrate back into reality that this was my life. And I had kind of run my shit into the ground, but I, it was going to be okay because I, I had been shown what my future could look like in this experience. So I knew there was possibility. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's not like I always tell people, it's not like I was a terrible person or like I had friends like ex on the exterior. I had a good life. I had a family. I had friends. My health was not great because medically the doctors think I had a heart attack, but you know, when something like that happens, there's no medical explanation for a near death experience. Really? I mean, I, I think a heart attack is probably a good bet because I've been going 10 years over prescribed medication and I was not eating, not drinking, not water, not sleeping. I mean, everything was in the shitter. My adrenals were shot. I mean, <laughs> health-wise, I was not good. But from the exterior, I had a following. I had my own career. I, you know, was dating a guy at the time who was a nice, normal guy. Like, I nothing was, like, terribly wrong. But I think 
inside I had no sense of purpose or direction or relationship with anything it was like I there was no it was everything was about me mm-hmm. like I think the disordered thoughts you get really consumed with yourself because you're like either self-soothing or self-medicating with whatever you know it's just you're like obsessed with yourself where you're not trying to be selfish and I don't actually identify I never identified as a selfish person but I think I just got caught up in my own shit and I think it's easy for people to do that's why I tell people it's not like I was you know I didn't have a terrible life but I, I was able to, so yeah, then I decided, but I think that it it happened to me and I'd never heard of anyone having an experience like that. And I also had my own shadow work to work through that. I didn't believe in that stuff before. Mm. So I was embarrassed. Like I didn't want to be that cuckoo bird girl. I mean, I literally thought I was crazy for like a few months. Like, I mean, I knew I wasn't, but when you have something like that, that's what I tell people. It's so hard to tell people a story like that who haven't experienced it themselves because they're like, wow, you know, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like even telling my own family, I mean, it, I was so not that person before. So for me to say something like that, it was very out of character for me and it made me very uncomfortable. And I also had a, a following and a lot of eyes. I didn't have near the following that I have now, but I'm like, what am I to do? Rebrand my whole life, you know, but I kind of did. I mean, I broke up with the the guy I was dating and I moved and a lot of dramatic things did happen after that. But I think there was just such a fear because I believe people like me were kind of cuckoo bird before that uh, people are going to think Anna Grace has lost her mind. And it wasn't until I had, and I was telling people like close to me, like, Hey, I like, this is kind of crazy, but like, I had a heart attack and like this really crazy experience happened to me (laughs) and like, what the fuck? Even that, like I was embarrassed saying that because it sounds so dramatic. So I think for me, it was like shame and my previous stint of life, I didn't believe in any of that stuff. And I wasn't very compassionate for people who had experienced something beyond this realm. I didn't connect. And I thought it was just like, no, that's silly. Or I thought people who were quote unquote psychic or clairvoyance were like, just there to swindle you out of your money. Well, here's the the plot twist. I think this, all these things, I have this out-of-body experience. And then I come back, a friend refers me. She's like, I have this intuitive, this energy worker man that was consulting with one of our biggest celebrity in Nashville, which spoiler alert, I want you guys to know, I want you to think about the biggest celebrity, you know, and they have a whole team of spiritual people that are working for them. So they do. I'm like, people don't know that. And they do. And I know that because when I was styling, right, I'm working on reality TV and working with influencers. I'm working with celebrities. Well, then I started doing energy reading and then it turned into, I became one of those people. I went and saw this, this guy who he's like a two-year wait list. I mean, he's, he's truly a wizard. (laughs) He told me, he's like, you're so kind of, you're going, you had this crazy experience and you're going through this, like where you're really curious. I was just trying to learn anything. I was trying to find any information to make it make sense. That was it. I was just like, I need someone to basically validate my experience and also tell me I'm not crazy and that this is real and they believe me and you know, whatever. I think I was afraid if I told the internet, they wouldn't believe me. And that was so crushing because it was so real to me that I, I knew that we're here on this planet. We have a purpose. There is more, we are connected. Like I understood how, when we, you know, I just, I just understood things and it was frustrating to tell it to people who maybe wouldn't understand, I think was why I didn't tell anyone to answer your question. But anyways, I went and saw the energy worker man 
And he's very prophetic. And he told me, he's like, your job is my job. This is, you are supposed to be doing what I'm doing now. And I mean, I almost fell out of my chair. Like I, I, like me doing readings for people is so far out of what I ever thought for my life. Cause I, I thought these people were quacks, you know? And here's the thing. I am one of them and I'm very successful. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> well, good okay. at it. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of things I want to hit from what oh, you were saying, sure. but I think I think the biggest thing that I want to highlight is you're talking about an identity shift. And I think that this is what prohibits people or Mm -hmm. scares people about connecting deeper with themselves, going on that self-growth journey, saying no to that friend, getting out of that relationship, because there is this massive shift in who they are that needs to happen. But I feel like when, when, whenever I'm working with people or even from what you're, what you're saying is like, we, it's either like, this is happening because you grew out of that version of yourself that you previously were, were embodying, or you never really were that person. And now you're being like confronted with, Hey, this is who you are. And you have to make a choice to step into it or not. But I think it, it's a valid reason for so many people to not walk the path of alignment because they're scared of what their family is going to think or scared of what their friends are going to think. Do you kind of have any like examples or, or, you know, uh, limitations in this aspect of like being people in your life, almost like rejecting this identity shift that you wanted to now embody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because the first half of it is that, so for years, you know, I was this influencer on Instagram and I did fashion and it was just fashion, but I was definitely still like promoting self-development tools and a positive mindset and certain things that were spiritual, but weren't super in your face. I think I just always, I never wanted anyone to be turned off by it because I had been turned off by someone in my life. Does that, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of how it went. I was like, I don't ever want to force my belief system on anyone because I don't, that's just not who I am. And so I remember, I mean, it wasn't really until I posted the podcast. I had told the story in other places, but the podcast was really what like just went crazy. Like it, it got probably the furthest reaching. So I think I went the most in depth, but I had built up in my mind for years that I was so scared. People were going to say that I was crazy and they didn't believe me and all these things and blah, blah, blah. And I post the podcast did not get one negative message. I did not get one negative message. The podcast went number one in spirituality for a month. Like, and I didn't expect that at all. I didn't even care about it charting. I was just proud of myself for recording it. (laughs) I was just happy. I pressed play like that. I just did it. I mean, even when, when they were posting it, I had someone post it for me. I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. (laughs) But that is an example of how in our mind we're like already going to the worst case scenario. And I realized that the people who are in your life that, that love you and that care about you, they really, and my, my best friend, Shannon, she's, she is not a super spiritual person. I mean, she's like into manifestation and she's curious, but before she met me, she said she was not into the stuff at all, but we've kind of grown together in this. And she, she, you know, she loves me and she believes me, you know, she, she believed my experience and accepted me. And th- that was it. It wasn't like our friendship changed or all these things. So I think it just kind of comes to stepping into your true self and realizing like, a lot of times we're telling ourselves the worst case scenario that it's going to be really scary and people are going to reject us and like burn us at the stake or something. I don't, I don't know where that comes from for me. I don't know. Um, 
So one is that, let me be the example that I for I hid for years and it was, it was so well, well received. And I'm sure that everything has divine timing. I, I needed to work through a lot of stuff privately before I shared publicly before I was open to feedback or criticism or anything, you know, I needed to be so solid in my foundation. So I think that's probably the biggest tip I would give people is like, think about like, close your eyes, visualize, what do you want your life to look like? How do you want to feel? And then start thinking, okay, these are all the, this is the person, this is the person that I want to become. And realizing that you don't have to change every person in your life or your family or all these things, you just, they just need to accept you. And if they don't accept you, then that's when we say we let it go. Right. Like it doesn't have to be even like my partner, Austin, he's not super spiritual or super into this stuff. Honestly, like some of it, the medium stuff kind of scares him. Like, he's like, I don't know. I'm scared, but like, I don't force it upon him. You know, I just, I'm just me. I am just me. And that's what I tell people. Like the more you are just you, you are going to find, you're going to attract more people that are into what you're into. And the people that you're afraid of telling, I promise you, they're not really going to care that much. They're really not. That's what I've learned. (laughs) People really don't care that much. Even if you start posting things on Instagram, like I know that's a big one for people like posting on Instagram, posting on TikTok, doing all these things. And I kind of go through that. I'm like, oh, is this embarrassing? Because it's like super spiritual. And like, what if people aren't spiritual and they think it's weird? I have gotten so far removed from that. I'm like, I don't give a fuck now. I'm like, I don't care. Unfollow me. I want to lose the people that aren't here because they're not my people. They're never going to be my people. I'm not here to convince them or convert them or whatever. I just want to connect with people. And that's what you're really rooted in is connection. So the more that you step into that authentic version of self and that alignment, the more connections you're going to have, right? So it's like when we hide, we're just isolating ourselves from our people and the people that need to hear our message and the people that will support us and love us if there are people that don't get it, then they just don't get it. And you're just honestly trimming the fat quicker. Like, let's just get, we don't want those people, you know, like I I feel like when I released the podcast, it went number one in spirituality and I actually lost people on Instagram, but I was kind of relieved. I'm like, I don't want them there. They're going to be the people that are going to send me a mean message and I don't want to read it. Like, yep. It's, it's almost empowering for me now that I, I feel like I'm kind of like out of this like spiritual closet that I'm like, okay, well, I can just be me now. And I don't have to pretend at some point it's exhausting pretending. Yeah. It's like an exhale. It's like you, you finally have like not, you're not holding your breath anymore. And I think that's, there's something so like, yes, empowering, but also like joyous about that. Like you, you actually get to relax and like settle into who you are. And it's just so beautiful. I need to go back though, because I feel like people hear this all the time of like, celebrities or even influencers who are like, you know, I had on the exterior, everything looked great, but really it really wasn't. So mm-hmm. for me, and I feel like this might be a thing for all projectors, but like the sign that you're in alignment with your path is success and you mm-hmm. seeing success. So I want to know were were there signs before you had this near-death experience that like you were not in alignment that you were ignoring that people might not have seen exteriorly that were happening like in your internal that you were just kind of ignoring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there were so many signs. Well, yes, because you know, I know technically I was like quote unquote successful, but I think when your mental health is just like in the freaking toilet, that 
it's hard to really, everything is hard (laughs) if you're not tending there. And I just didn't have any examples of anyone with like a good, you know, self image or, you know, everyone, I was very much so in that like be skinny fashion realm of Instagram. Like only if I'm skinnier, I'll have more followers, which is like such a weird limiting belief that I, I want to get rid of that, delete it from everyone's mind permanently. But anyways, um, so well, first of all, my health was not good leading up to that point. I had, I would have like crazy, um, it started off as Raynaud's like whiteness in my hands and my feet, but then it would spread to my legs. Like I'm talking like asleep, like couldn't move cold, like everything like circulatory was like shutting down. Like, I think my body was going into, was under so much stress for so many years. And I had also I mean, I just feel like the quality of life, like my irritability and like frustration and everything like was just like my moods were just like totally dictated by Adderall and Vyvanse and all of these things. And not to mention, like, I mean, I was drinking, I was partying, I was smoking, I was doing drugs. I mean, there, there was a lot that went into that because I was unhappy and I was just self-medicating all the time. So, I mean, yeah, there were, there were a lot of signs on, on ways that I knew I was out of alignment, but I didn't know what my life would look like any other way. Like I was so in it that I couldn't see out of it. And I feel like that's why I had that, you know, out of body experience. Cause I saw a completely different life for myself. I saw myself being a completely different person. And I'm totally sober now. Like I don't, I don't drink at all. And and that, that even took me a while. Cause I kind of built up this persona as like Nashville party girl. And for, you know, years, even after I had this experience, I cleaned up my act a ton, but I would still like socially grab a drink here and there. And that was kind of my final like straw when I moved to Florida, even then, like I fainted twice. I broke my nose from having one drink one drink. Like I was not like fucked up or anything. I had one drink and my body just straight up was like, we're done with alcohol. It was crazy. I mean, yeah, I, I've had a ton of wake up calls. I'm like, I've had so <laughs> you're many. like, yeah. you're like, now that I think about it, you're like, do you have any signs? I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I don't even know where to begin. Yes. There's been so many, but for me, I think it's always showed up as like health, like very physical, um, for me. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely, I always joke with everyone. I was like forced into a life of sobriety. Cause I mean, I, I've always been a very social. I've always been a people person. Like I love to be with people and like, and going out and dating too was difficult. Just, I, I never drank to like a point of extreme excess anymore. Like I was very, at that point I had this crazy experience, cleaned up my act a ton. I was very spiritual, but I wasn't perfect. Like I was still like, wanting to be a normal, like have a human experience, you know, like get margaritas with friends. Like it was never anything, you know, extreme. Like I didn't have a problem with alcohol, but my body just was like, no, ma'am. I fainted twice. I got two concussions in two months and yeah, I broke my nose, my tooth went to my lip, busted my lip. And, um, my, luckily my partner, he's like super, he's sober too, just because he's really health conscious. And, he just doesn't resonate with drinking anymore. And he's also, he's, he's turning 35. He's the hangovers get really gnarly as you get older. Yeah. I'm, I'm approaching 30 and it's like, it was just, yeah. So yeah, you know, I think I'm fortunate that he's on the same, same journey as me. Cause it makes it a lot easier for sure. But, um, yes, I both. And I also feel he has had wake up calls with his body. Like, I feel like our body talks and then it shouts and then it screams and then it like, 
punches your lights out until you're going to make a change. So, you know, what do they say? The universe whispers before it shouts. <laughs> I'm not botching that. <laughs> well, and, and but I, what I feel like I'm hearing you saying too, is like, there's these definitions of success and it really, de- it matters of what, how you define success. And, you know, people could have said, and you could have even said before I was successful, but you didn't feel good. And so, yeah, what I'm hearing now is like, now you actually feel good. And that also makes a success even more because there's such a difference there. Oh, 100% health as well. Tell people that like, are you, you have your health taken away. You, you, you exit your body and you think you'll never see your family or anyone ever again. You're all of a sudden like, holy shit. If you have your health right now in this moment, listen to this podcast, you need to close your eyes and put your hand over your heart and say, thank you, body. Because our body fights for us every single day and we just take it for granted, you know? And I really took it for granted. And so I think that was like a big catalyst too. Be, you know, you can be successful and look at some of the great famous people who end up passing away or having drug problems because they're, you know, maybe self-medicating or their health wasn't there or or just tragedy happens or sickness or disease or whatever. It's like no day is guaranteed. And I think we really all think we're invincible until you're knocking on heaven's door and you're like, wow, I I would have done things differently. And I think it's a gift that I had that perspective at a young age. Um, But I definitely determine my success by how, how I feel, if I feel good. Because then I know that my, my human design and my purpose is teaching other people how they can feel good and how they can be successful and how they can do these things. And teaching is my purpose 100%. And, you know, when my health was all wackadoodle, I didn't, I didn't even know anything about anything to teach, you know, but I needed to get that bad because I can tell you what, I've read every freaking book under the sun. I'm, I'm a researcher. That's my, um, I'm the great life experience, experimenter, researcher, martyr, which isn't that ironic that it's a martyr as in like, you literally die for a cause. (laughs) I literally died and then came back. And now I, I, you know, I think that's why it took me years to share the story was I needed years to research where I could share the story and then actually share it in a way that helps people and teach them like, this is where it all went awry. And this is where I want to spare you the heartache of what I went through. Because I do think that I unfortunately had to experience some pretty difficult things at a really young age that was just part of my, my life path and that, but I can help people get through them maybe quicker or less painfully. I don't know. Well, I want to get into that. I want to ask you, because I feel like when people hear Akashic records, they're like, excuse me, what? So if you could explain like what Akash, like what is the Akashic records? Okay. Yeah, I know. It's like, I've really, I'm still working on coming up with like a, like a hard definition because for me, I tell people I do angel readings, essentially the beings that I saw that day that I left my body never left me. They have, they, I connect with them every day and that's who I work with. Um, in the Akashic records. And I am, I pretty much tell people, okay, the Akashic records, people are like, is it a book? Is it a place? What is it? The Akashic records is essentially our soul's library. We all have one and it's just a collective consciousness energy. It's like our soul's purpose, God's plan, whatever you want to call it, whatever your religion or vocabulary is, 
the Akashic Records shows up in every religious text dating back to the freaking hieroglyphics on the wall. I mean, in the Bible, it's known as the Book of Life. Um, it's been referenced as the Akasha or the Way. It's just your soul's purpose. And so there really is like almost... I try to tell people it's like a library, like our soul's library. And it's, we, we all have this line that's kind of connecting us to our soul's library. That's, that's literally why people say like God's plan. Like we all have a plan, we all have a purpose. And so I work with, that's a lot of people have heard of angel readings. I work with angels essentially. I mean, I, I you call them guides, spirit guides, whatever, ancestors, loved ones, God, but I'm tapping into this God energy, this God's plan for you. That is your Akashic record. And so I am seeing your highest self, which is like this per this version that God created for us and put us on this planet. And if we, you know, evolve throughout our life, this is, this is what the highest version of us would do. So it's really like a higher self soul's purpose. The Akashic records is just kind of like a library of information. And um, so I essentially connect with your highest self. And, and I can show you, okay, these are the next three steps. These are three things that are holding you back or three things that you're not seeing that is, you know, keeping you from this path of alignment, right? Cause a lot of times I think it's just so powerful. Cause now I've done so many readings. I've been doing them for, um, almost three years. Yeah. Since 2020, when I sit down in front of someone and I know nothing about them, they're a complete stranger that found me on the internet or a celebrity who knows I've read for all sorts of people. If I can tell them their greatest dream in life, this dream version that they've always thought since they were a kid and they've always wanted to be, they've never spoken it out loud. And then they sit down in front of me and I tell them that dream that I saw that dream too. That is like the validation that they're like, wow, it does exist. That's not just like a daydream. Like that's what I want. And, and I always tell people like a lot of times when they do a reading with me, I'm never going to tell you you know, you're going to be an astronaut. Like you're like, what? Like I've never wanted to do, you know, it's going to yeah. be something that you're like, wow. Like most of the time people are like, I've never told anyone that out loud. Like that, I've, that's what I actually want. So I think that a lot of it's just mirroring the possibility that this version of you exists and that God created you with these wants and desires for a reason to align you with this version. Like it's on your heart for a reason. And that's why you feel called to, you know, do something. So I think one that gives people the courage to do it, to try it and not be afraid of failure. Like, wow, this is exists, but I'm just communicating with your highest self, you know, what, what you're here to really do. So I, I kind of think that's, that's a lot of the work that I do in the Akashic records. It's very soul empowering. It's never, people are always like, are you going to tell me something that I don't want to know? No. And I don't even get that information. It's like so high vibrational and loving, and it's just very connected to like God source energy. I always tell people like the angels that I work with, it's just kind of messengers. Cause some people are like, Oh, I don't know if I believe in that stuff or whatever, I, you know, God's plan, whatever word you want to use your higher self, your intuition, all of it's just all trying to guide us the same place. You know, the Akashic records is just kind of just the modality that I don't know what it is crazy. Cause not a lot of people, not, it's not like very commonly talked about, but it's ancient, like has been around since the beginning of time somewhere it kind of just fell out of society. And so that's when I had the near-death experience, that was part of what I needed to come back and teach was how to reconnect because so I'm designing a course to teach people how to read their own Akashic records. Cause I go in mine every single day, I get information. Like it's just so much information and so empowering. And I, I just, a lot of people ask, ask how to access. I just do 
um, like a 30 minute meditation and just get super meditated. And then, um, it's an, it's a prayer that I say to enter the Akashic records and, um, I'm clear audience and clairvoyant. And so it just kind of plays out like a movie for me and I journal it out and I can confidently say every reading that I've ever done has everyone has left like either crying, like tears of joy, or, you know, just feeling really a lot of motivation and clarity that I, I specialize in, in soul's purpose. I'm not like here to tell you like your boyfriend's going to break up with you. You know, it's not like that type <laughs> yeah. of future casting. It's like a little bit more, um, big picture, but just to kind of bump people, if they feel like they're lost or stuck, or they're just like paralyzed and they don't know where to go. That's when we're like, okay, well, we're just going to get in and ask your higher self. Like, what are we, what are we meant to be doing? Or what are we afraid of? What's holding us back? A lot of times people just don't know what's holding them back, you know? So when you sit down with somebody, is it, is it really like the floodgates are kind of just open and you're getting all of this information and you, and you know, or you, do you really have to get yourself in that energy first? Uh, yeah. So I, I actually do it completely like off the grid, like no devices. I go to the beach. I, this is my official notebook. <laughs> love it I write everything down in my compositions my client notebook and um I go to the beach and I just have a ritual that I do like I kind of just like will put my feet in my hands in the in the water do like a little cleansing and then I get really grounded and sit do my meditation and then I'll journal for like 30 40 minutes with the information because it is kind of like floodgates so I don't do them live with people I might in the future I mean I think my the way of readings changes and information starts coming through differently I mean I'm just kind of following the flow but it's kind of like I tell people, it's like doing a long division problem with someone on the spot. Like sometimes I have to kind of like work through something. Like I'll see an image of them and I'm like, okay, why am I seeing this? Like what, what's going on? You know, like, I don't know their life. And so I have to like kind of work it out. So I don't do them live for people because it is kind of like information is just immediately coming through me like so quickly. And I kind of have to like put a picture. Cause sometimes I don't even really know what they like do for a living. If it's like a complete stranger, I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? <laughs> like I'm well, like drawing I, frantically. I can also imagine too, you have to be in, this is why I ask. Cause I think you have to be in such a flow state to yeah. really like not only access and tap in, but then also like gather all the insights you're getting. And I can imagine if you're just like sitting there in front of somebody and you're having like the energy from them, it can be a little disrupted. So I imagine you have to have like this you know, be in this real flow state for all of it to kind of come through clearly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I, I you know, I've done a couple of, um, <laughs> I've done a couple of live readings when I first got it started. Cause you know, I was just trying to figure out what my process was and I talk so fast. It's like, they can't even get a word <laughs> in. Like, like I felt rude because I'm just talking over them, but I like, I, I, it's like, I needed to spit it all out, you know? And so I, you know, my friend was like, you did not take a breath. Like you, you were literally, like, <laughs> and so I kind of realized I was like, okay, I'm just going to word dump it all onto paper. And then I can, then I come back and I can kind of get into my state where I can deliver it. And like more of a conversational tone versus just being like, yeah. Cause it is a flow. <laughs> it really does. It just like flows through me. And then once I'm done, I'm done. You know, like, yeah. it's like, okay, I don't really have anything else. Like, I'm done. Yeah. And whatever comes through is like, it's, I do allow people to submit questions. Um, but it's kind of like whatever comes through is like what they need to hear. And so I just, I don't like constrict it to a specific topic. I just tell them whatever they need to hear, whether or not sometimes I'm like, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need to ask you this because I'm right now I'm studying to get my spiritual life coaching certificate too. And cool. it's very much about like soul's purpose. And 
I'm grappling with this question. I feel like I always have of like, where does free will come into all of it? So Mm. when you have like this purpose, which I believe everybody has a purpose, I believe Mm. in a divine timeline. I mean, Mm. the way that my life unfolded with having two unexpected babies, like it happened, like, yes, it was an accident, but it happened for me. It was not an accident because that's really what was on my, my plan and, and made me step into my purpose more. And so where does free will kind of come into this then? If we have a purpose, do we also have free will and do we get to choose not to tap into our purpose? I want to, I want to know your thoughts. Yeah, no, that's such a good question. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I truly believe that there is this highest version of self, but I also believe it looks a lot of different ways. I really do think there are a lot of different paths. There's not just like one end all be all path. I think there are a lot of paths for us to get to this version. Like I think there's this highest self, but there's like 50 different paths that we could take. Right. But all of them are still, as long as you're rooted in that intention and you're rooted in love and you're kind of just allowing the universe to guide you, then you are going to get there. It could look differently because I think every single day, I do believe we have free will in every choice we make. Like we can choose ourselves. We can choose love. We can choose to show up or, you know, we can choose to act in fear in other ways. And that's okay because we have to learn, you know, we wouldn't, if we only were just love, 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 love all the time, right. Then we would just be like ascended and like bored and probably like die, you know, like it's okay to choose fear and to take the long road some ways, because at the end of the day, as long as you're still committed to yourself and to your journey, you are going to reach that highest version of self. So I think it's really beautiful that we have the choice because I think it gives us a lot of different routes that we can learn and then create these tools to help other people or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I, I kind of see it both ways. Like, I think we do have this highest version of self, but I think there's a lot of flexibility in that. I think it's like, I think there's like this overarching theme, like kind of like our human design kind of puts us in this, like, okay, projectors are meant to be successful, but like, it can look a lot of different ways. It can look different ways, but I think there is ultimately, it's the part two, whenever I go into the Akashic Records, it's what, it's what the message resonates with them the most. It's what they really want, you know, like that's what you're going to align with. Um, So I think that, yeah, it is. I know a lot of people ask like, where's the free will if everything's predetermined and pre-planned? Cause it's like, I do feel like everything is meant to happen for a reason, but I kind of think whether or not we take path A or path B, we're still going to get to the end point of where we're supposed to go. We just have a choice of maybe how long or how slow or what it looks like along the way, how much we enjoy the journey, I guess. Does that answer I also feel like, yeah. And I, and I, and I also feel like what, what came through to me too, is like, if you are constantly just choosing free will and you're not tapping into the divinity of everything and, and maybe seeing that things are happening for a reason, you might be walking that path of non-alignment and it might be all of those signs coming into you. And, and then all of these things happening, like you were saying with your health and you feeling like you're not in alignment. Maybe if you just continuously choose free will and just keeping like, well, I want to choose this, but then I want that. And then I want this. And then I want that, but you're not really accessing your intuition and what feels like that version of highest self. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's also where like, you know, I feel like there might be, have to be like a balance of it all. Like I'm going to choose this and I might be choosing like the ego voice right now, but maybe it'll teach me a lesson. And then maybe that lesson is more on the path of divinity. And I'm tapping into that as well. Right. And and that, that's truly what I always tell people. 
there is no wrong answer. Like all of the information in the Akashic records is so light and positive. It's always just like a lot of the things that we get so caught up in and so bogged down in. It's like, they're always like, life is a game. It is meant to be fun. Like you are here to experience all forms of emotion. Like you, you go to this place where you're living in, <laughs> you go to this place where you're like in heaven and all you feel is love, love, love all the time. And you're like, man, it'd be kind of fun to be a human and like experience heartbreak and go through that and experience feelings. And then once you experience those feelings, you always come out of it stronger. I tell it's kind of like getting a cold, you know, your body breaks down for a minute, but then it rebuilds stronger. So even if you go a certain path and you kind of fall off a little bit, as long as you're committed to like choosing yourself and your intuition and listening to yourself, you're always going to get to where you need to go. Like there's, I always tell people, there's never really any like massive setback or any way wrong way you could do it. You're just still trying when you show up and set the intention that you're wanting to connect your intuition, you're wanting to work with your higher self. The universe is going to keep sending you help and signs and little things along the way. Like, even if you're like, Oh, this is a test or whatever. Did I pass? Did I fail? There's no pass or fail. You're just going to keep going and you're going to keep getting information right when you need it. And if you're not listening, it'll just keep coming. You know, it'll keep coming until you're like me and you, <laughs> you faint <laughs> and hit your face. No, it, it can come through in really positive ways, but you're never going to miss it. Like, I really believe that like what's meant for you will never, ever miss you. It will not miss you. But I also feel like you're talking about the contrast and the, I think the key here is like, learning from the contrast, not getting stuck in the contrast, because I think that's right. where a lot of people kind of, I don't want to say like drop the ball, but they get stuck in this contrast and then they never learn the lesson and then they never get to where they want to want to be because you're stuck in the contrast. But learning that there is beauty in that, I think yep. is, is the key as well. And learning that like, like, what can I, and, and I, and I, I hate because some people are gonna be like, well, that's spiritual bypassing to like not sit in the feelings of the contrast. And that's not what I'm saying. I think it's more like, continuous thing, letting, letting yourself feel the feelings and then asking yourself, what, what is this actually showing me? Why am I meant to learn this lesson and how can I use it to then get back to my highest self? Oh, 100%. And, and I think that a lot of the times if we, you know, get knocked down, we're allowed to be sad, broken, take a month off. Don't pose. I mean, there's been a million times, even now where I've fallen off and I always, I don't know, I guess I've just gotten so like gentle with myself. I don't ever want to come across as like spiritual bypassing. Like I sit with things, even though I have all this information, I have all the tools now, but I really do look through a lens of, I know this is an opportunity for growth. So sit with the feelings, feel them, allow yourself to throw a pity party, but then realize what is here for me to learn. You know, like as long as you're just saying like there is an opportunity for growth here, then you're not necessarily, you know, bypassing the experience or saying, you know, I can't feel this way. Like you're allowed to feel however you want to feel, but getting a little bit more objective with it is kind of like, that's kind of how I've looked at things like more from like a research lens, I guess. I know that's my human design, but if I can objectively look at the situation after like it's less, you know, like a raw wound, right. It's kind of scabbed over and I'm like, okay, now let's like get a little objective. Like, how did I get here? What happened? What could I take away from this? Because you don't want to 
we're meant to experience things to learn and evolve and grow and you, and life kicks us. And trust me, I've been freaking kicked. I have been kicked a lot, but I don't, I don't allow it to take me out. You know, it might take me out for a month and that's okay, but I'm not gonna let it take me out for life. And that's, that's, that's kind of the differentiation. It's like, feel it. But once you get to a point where it doesn't feel so raw and fresh and you know, the wound, you feel like, okay, I want to get myself up. Let's just, let's do a little bit of an analysis. I used to always tell people this too, with relationships, giving people relationship advice. Like if you're going through heartbreak or all of the things you've got to get to a point where you're like, am I doing, did I do an autopsy on that relationship? Like you have to just look through what happened, what went wrong, right? Because a lot of the lessons in our life, they are cyclical. And if we don't want to feel something again, right, it's okay to feel it then, but then look back and do this autopsy and be really freaking honest with yourself. Uh, there have been relationships where I literally think about this one guy I dated when I was like 25 or 24 before I had all this, like I, I was low key kind of terrible. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I was just so, and I told you like those disordered self-obsessed thoughts. Like I just did not care about him really. And he really cared about me and I, I feel really sad, but you know, like that's, that was just a lesson for me to learn. And I tell people that with relationships, like you don't want to get caught up in the cycle of dating people who are not how you want to feel. Right. So you, so you have to do that autopsy and you have to look back and you have to take note of how you acted, how that person acted, how could you do something better and just make it more of an opportunity to evolve, you know, doing an autopsy on a situation from a literally like a medical perspective, like what happened, what went wrong? What could I do? You know, and if you need to sit with the feelings longer than sit with them or go to therapy or do something to process but allowing yourself time to process is part of just moving through it. Well, and I love that, like that process too, of like sitting with the feelings. And then once you're removed a little bit from them, being able to have that objective perspective. And I'm sure that's also probably why you're so good at what you do with readings, because you do have that projector energy who is able to see literally like projectors are like the birds sitting on the branch. Like you're able mm. to see perspective. And so I think that's probably what makes you so good at what you do too. Being able to like read the Akashic records is like, you're able to help people see a different perspective and a mm. higher perspective, which is probably so amazing and so helpful for them. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I do feel like I, yeah, it's so crazy. I don't know. never know how I ended up with this. The Akashic records being like my whole business. <laughs> It's somehow we're here, but I do think that I have always kind of had that ability. Like I've always been like five steps ahead of seeing how something would play out. And I'm sure you can relate to that too, because it's just a natural energy of the projector. You're just kind of seeing, I, I remember when I first heard the term projector, I didn't like that. I was like, oh, I don't project things onto people, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, yeah. First, like, no. but then you, you're like, no, it's like literally like a projecting onto a movie screen. Like you're seeing the vision, you're seeing the bigger picture, whether or not other people can see it yet. And it, it, it's, it's interesting because now that I've done readings for years, I have people that will come back to me like a year later and they're like, holy shit, like what you told me, I didn't like, they kind of were like, no, <laughs> you know, they're like, mm. and, then, and then, you know, I, I had this vision and, and it wasn't necessarily, it was a negative one. It was just maybe something unexpected. And they're like, that's literally exactly like how this played out. Like, it's so crazy, which it is cool now hearing like the long-term effects of the reading. Cause when you're initially getting it, you're like, oh, who knows what could happen, but in six months and 10 months, whatever. Um, so yes, I do think that I have a theory that I think all projectors are clairvoyant or psychic or some, whatever word you want to use and in intuitive 
in some capacity. I, I, I truly believe that. I, I agree. And I feel like for me, I, I think a lot of where my intuitiveness came through, because I, I still don't feel, and I was talking to a friend the other day about mushrooms. And I was like, I just feel like it's something I'm going to do when I actually like feel called to do it. Cause I'm not, I'm not as tapped into that intuitive energy that I want to be, but I feel like I've always, I've always had that. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that where it's like, they feel like their intuition has kind of been doled down, but I feel like, like, I'm so excited for when you do get pregnant in the future. Cause I feel like when mm-hmm. I got pregnant, it like cracked my fucking world open when it came to intuition and how tapped in I was. And it was just the coolest experience. And it was the first time I felt so rooted in like, yeah, like this is happening for me. And it feels like it's in alignment. And I think being able to tap into that intuitive energy and also with that, that, you know, concept of alignment is also so key. And I think that's also what's so good about you in your readings is like, you're able to give people that like assurance. I feel like of mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing this and it's in alignment for you. Oh yeah. Well, and too, like a, a lot of the times it's just people knowing that this possibility exists. Like, yes, what you have thought about doing for years without you telling me or me knowing that that's your greatest dream in life. And I see it too. That's just sometimes the the kick they need to go in that direction and do the thing that they've been so scared of doing because they're afraid of failure, but they're like, wow, if she sees it too, you know, and, and that's why I'm so passionate about the Akashic Records. And I want to connect everyone, even just with their intuition further. Like all of my courses I've been designing, it's like intuitive eating, intuitive. And it's all these like literal tools, like actionable tools that you can do right now to kind of spark that intuition. Because when I did a reading first for myself, cause I felt like my intuition was just, I, I just felt like I was so confused on like when I was in readings, I was in on, but for like me personally, like when it came to like intuitive eating and other things, I was like, well, I'm so in, like, I'm so psychic. I'm so intuitive. I have all these like gifts, but how do I just like hone them on like an every decision, every day, every moment basis. And, um, I went into the Akashic records and did since I can like kind of, you know, see visuals. It was like our intuition is literally, they were showing me it's like planted in us like a seed. And the more we practice it and tend to it and, love it. We, it like can grow and it, it's literally like a muscle and it gets stronger. Like I do believe everyone has energetic gifts. I do believe everyone has intuition. I do believe everyone could read the Akashic records or do things that I do maybe on a different level. It could look different, but it's all there. We just have to like water the seed, take care of it. That was like literally what they were showing me. Like all of us are born with this intuition, this internal GPS it's planted in us. And the more we tend to it, the more it's going to grow until we, every decision we make, kind of like you said, with being part, I'm so fascinated. One of my best friends is she just announced, um, she's having a baby. And she said that she's like, I've never been more rooted in my knowing. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. That's cool. Well, but- I mean, and it, and it makes sense too, because I have a two-year-old and a six-month-old and I can see their intuitive abilities with like how tapped into energy they are, how they know, like when I'm not feeling okay, like they're so tapped in. And I think it is really like, society, parental figures, authority figures, all of these like organizations and systems put in place that just dull our, our intuition and kind of numb it out. And so we grow up and we get more disconnected to it, but, and all like medications and birth control and um, mm-hmm. Vyvanse, like all mm-hmm. of these things I, you need to do an episode by the way, on like your Vyvanse experience and, and intuition. Cause I feel okay. like that it's also like, it's also intertwined. Like mm-hmm. we, we are just like, so 
programmed, I feel like, to be away from our intuition. That's why I feel like people are so drawn to you as well, because you're preaching the exact opposite of like, let's connect you back. And so the last question I want to ask you, because I feel like I don't, I want to be mindful of time is if you could give anybody your favorite tool for what helped you connect deeper to yourself and your internal world, what would it be? Mm. Oh gosh, that's good. I'm like, there's so many things that I do. (laughs) Well, I think two that I can come up with. Um, the first one is, and, and, and people can label this, whatever it is, but I think anytime I get stumped, I always, I pull out my journal And I literally write, what would the highest version of Anna Grace do right now? That's my highest self. Now I I want you to change it to whatever word resonates. What would the healthiest version of me do right now? What would the happiest version of, of, and and I want you to use your name, Anna Grace do. Cause now I've gotten to the point where I do that out loud. Like what would the highest version of Anna Grace do right now? Like, do I need to go to the gym or should I rest? Like what, what would the brightest, healthiest, happiest version of me do? And and I, I do that with micro decisions, but I think that if you can get out your journal and write out what would the enter word, whatever version of enter your name do right now in this moment and just journal, like just write it out. Like people don't realize so much different type of information comes through journaling than us just talking or thinking or whatever, like write it down on a piece of paper because there is something so magical that happens when we connect with paper. It's like, we get this universal flow that enters and literally ask what would the highest version of me do right now? That was one that was big. Like I just got into this practice of, I mean, I do that with everything. Like what would the, what would the highest version of Anna Grace do as a morning routine? Like what is the awesome morning routine for me? And I just, I play with that energy. I tap into her and I'm like, what would that, this successful, happy, healthy version of me do? Because we all know, you know, we know, but we don't ask ourselves enough and we, and no one asks us enough. So that one, but do it, start off journaling. Now I've gotten to the place where I can do it out loud, but I think that it's more powerful with the journal. And then the other one for me was uh, learning muscle testing. Have you ever done that? No. What? Surprise. Muscle testing. Tell me. Okay. So muscle testing is, I, I literally just designed a whole intuitive course, intuitive eating course on, um, essentially like our body has its own language and our muscles, this is a scientific, this is not spiritual. I mean, I think it is a spiritual thing too, but, um, our muscles actually react positively or negatively to certain stimuli. And that's just like our body communicating with us. So I think there's like, uh, exercises you can look up on TikTok. That's like, if someone says something like mean or hateful, like your muscle will literally like do a physical reaction like it'll like stiffen or there there's a lot of exercises. You guys just Google it. I'll try to explain it here, but I'm probably gonna botch it. <laughs> um, so there are certain ways, like you can stand up, um, just standing straight up and you can start by communicating to yourself in statements. So you could say like, my name is Anna Grace Newell and you find like whichever way. Oh you're- yes. Okay. So I call it like your internal pendulum. I don't, oh, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Pen- I was going to say, I, I, I feel like you knew that. Yes. Yes. Internal yes, pendulum. Yes. yes. And kind of like feel which way your body goes. It's like a muscle testing, a muscle yes. reaction. It's literally a way of if something feels like a yes, your body will pull this way. If something feels like a no, your body will actually retract. Um, so you guys look that up, uh, body pendulum, muscle testing, internal pendulum. There's a lot of ways 
um, which it shows up. I think the muscle testing is more of the scientific term for it. The word pendulum, I feel tends more spiritual realm, but it's all the same thing. Um, so whichever word resonates with you, I always give people the, um, autonomy to use whichever vocab feels good, but um, that is just one thing that you just start tuning into your body every single day and literally asking your body. Cause our body is always trying to communicate with us through emotions, through health, through sickness, through anything that's going on with the body. It's always communicating with us. We just have to literally ask or tune in or listen and literally put your hands on your body and be like, what is going on? Like, even if you feel anxiety, like when do you feel anxiety? Do you feel anxiety around certain people? Because maybe there's something there. Maybe that person's not someone you need to be giving so much time and energy to, you know, like your body really communicates a lot. I always tell people anxiety is another one. It's like really helpful tool. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to feel anxious. I'm going to take anxiety medication. No, your body is trying to, it's steering you. It's your compass. It's trying to protect you and, and steer you away from things or get you outside in nature or get you meditating. Who knows? But you know, your body is, it's always communicating. So anyways, the pendulum and just practicing, getting in the practice of asking what would the highest version of me do? What, what does my body need now? And doing those practices, it just gets you in the routine of just communicating with yourself because no one's going to ask you these things. You've got to ask yourself, you know, and literally ask them out loud because sometimes the answers surprise you, even though we think we know what's best for us, our body sometimes needs things different. Like we think we have to go to the gym, but sometimes we just need rest. You know, it can show up differently in a lot of different ways, but yeah, I would say those are my biggest tips right now. Mm. Anna Grace, this was like so juicy. <laughs> this was filled with so much, so helpful. Where can people find you and connect with you if they want to? Yay. Thank you. I'm so happy. I, I love that we got to meet today. I'm so excited to know you. Me too. Um, so you guys can find me. I'm at Anna Grace Newell, N-E-W-E-L-L, everywhere on Instagram and TikTok. And then my podcast is AG University, which obviously it's 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 an intuition school. Um, it's an intuitive school and, um, I've got a lot of courses rolling out there too, like on intuitive eating and some things, it's, it's very tool action oriented, getting you reconnected with yourself and just getting us embodied. So yeah, AG university on Apple podcasts and Spotify and, uh, Anna Grace Newell everywhere else. AnnaGraceNewell.com is my website. And if you guys are interested in doing a reading or joining anything like, or doing anything like that, um, it only goes out through my newsletter. So a lot of people ask about readings and that scheduling information goes out my newsletter only. People try to like to, to pose as me and solicit to like, hey, let me do a reading for you. Those weird messages online. Yes. I'm like, it's not me. It only goes out in my newsletter. So I always put that disclaimer everywhere. I will never message you about a reading. It's only in the newsletter. And the newsletter is free. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love you. 